Welcome to Find Your Amazingness Podcast. My name is Vera and I am super passionate to help you. If you feel stuck and lost in your current situation, but you know that you have a bigger purpose in your life, this podcast is perfect for you because I'm going to help you to find your passion, give you the tools to build your courage and fix your mindset to finally create the life that you're supposed to live. So let's get started. Hello and welcome back to Find Your Amazingness podcast. I am so happy that you're listening because this episode is very, very special. And it's with the amazing Amy Cuddy, who knows all about body language and how it affects us and how it makes us, how we can actually change the way that we feel if we just pay attention to how our but like how how what do we do with our body with our body language and i am so thankful for amy to for doing this with me and i got to spend few days with her and she's just so incredible such an amazing human and so friendly so kind and i'm just so thankful for this opportunity and i am just so excited for all of you to be able to hear what she has to say and yeah she's such an inspiration and yeah let's just i just want you to hear this this conversation so let's just get into it and thank you amy again you're amazing thank you so much amy for doing this interview with me i'm so excited to have you here you on so my welcome. podcast I'm really happy to be here with you I'm so excited. Um, so if you could just briefly explain that who you are and what do you do for those who maybe have not heard about you that much. I'm sure there are a lot of people who know you, but if you could just sure. briefly tell what you what do okay. you do and where you're from. Uh, I'm Amy Cuddy, and mm-hmm. I'm a social psychologist. I, uh, I've been a professor for a long time, um, for about 10 12 years. Um, now I am mostly writing and speaking. So I'm an author and a speaker. Um, I have a book called Presence that was a New York Times bestseller a couple of years ago. And uh, I have a TED talk that's quite popular on body language, powerful body language and how it makes you feel. But I generally study um, how people judge each other and kind of how those judgments of each other and of the self relate to feelings of power and how those feelings of power shape our interactions. So I'm really most interested in people who are uh, in powerless positions mm-hmm. and um, you know, how, that, how, that, how that affects them. How can we give them a sense of power? Yeah. Uh, so, so those are the kinds of th- the th- things that I study. Okay. So I would like to start with um, that you would explain a bit more about the power pose or just like what is the idea behind it and something what you yeah. already talked on your TED talk, but for those who okay. don't really know the idea behind power posing. And, the idea, and, and it's funny, I, I, I don't talk about it that often as power posing anymore. Yeah. But yeah. The, the idea is that when people feel powerful, Mm-hmm. They f- literally physically expand their bodies, so they make yeah. themselves bigger. They open their chest. They 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 pull their limbs away from their torso. They lift their chin. You know, they stand up straight. When people feel powerless, they do the opposite. They wrap yeah. themselves up, make themselves small. Yeah. Um, but that's not only an expression of how powerful we feel. It can also cause us to feel powerful or powerless. Yeah. So if you adopt an expansive posture or walk in an expansive way. Um, 
or even expand your, tre- your expand your chest and breathe deeply, mm. that can cause you to feel more powerful. And when you feel powerful, it changes your psyche in many ways. You feel more optimistic and confident. You are much more uh, sort of approach oriented. So you see the world as a place that's filled not with threats, but with opportunities. Mm. And you see people as potential allies, not as predators. Uh, you're more likely to take action on behalf of yourself and others, and you're healthier. So feeling powerful, which is not the same as having formal power over people. It's about sort of having the power to get things done. It just changes so much about how you interact with the world in a mostly positive way. Mm. Yeah. And what would you suggest for people to, what could they do to kind of start to build this, Mm. like feeling more powerful, like daily small things that they could do? Well, I think one is to start to become aware of your posture mm. and uh, notice, first of all, what is your sort of basic posture when you're sitting or standing? Yeah. You know, are you contracting or are you expanding or somewhere in between? Mm. Um, and notice when do you deviate from that, ba- from your own personal baseline. So you might be um, somebody who's generally expansive, but but notice the moments when you start to collapse. Mm. So, so start to pay attention to those. Because those are the moments when you're feeling stressed out and threatened. And if you can identify what's causing your body to collapse, it gives you a much better self-awareness about what are the things in the world that make you stressed out, right? And how can you manage that before you go into those situations? So when you start to collapse, for example, so when you start to hunch and breathe Mm. shallowly and, you know, start to feel like you're in fight or flight mode... Mm. It's, it can be hard to get yourself out of that. So you have to notice those moments more quickly mm. and start to slow your breathing, which is taking up space temporally, yeah. right? Expand your posture, just slow down and take up some space and you will calm down. Mm. So it's, first is, is noticing your own habits and what makes you stressed out. The other is sort of building little things into your daily routine. like. One of the biggest problems with posture now is that people are slouching over their phones all the time. So they're making themselves powerless because they're hunching over their phones. They call it, you know, text neck or eye hunching Mm. or eye posture. Do what you can, and we find in our studies that that does affect people. So do what you can to uh, make sure you're not collapsed over your phone. Even if you're on your phone, hold it above your head. Right, so yeah. and, and be leaning back so that you're not slouched over it. But generally, spend less time on your phone because that posture is a, the posture of powerlessness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are just a couple of things. But you know, build some routines into your day that force you to expand. Yeah. But that's actually, I remember reading about how like big effects it actually has, like when you're on your phone. And I was so shocked. And then like after that, I was like, okay, like constantly I had to focus that I will like totally shift the way that I'm like using my phone and like my posture and everything. You have excellent posture. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much. So, um, well, you kind of covered this already, but what do you think are the biggest mistakes that or things that people do unconsciously to kind mm-hmm. of damage their com- like confidence or like decrease it like, I think um, I think that yeah so you've got both both sides mm. and when people are sort of faking confidence in a in the moment in a, and, and they're feeling sort of defensive and threatened they end up coming across not as confident but as arrogant yeah. and people do not like arrogance 
It's not the same as confidence. People get those two qualities confused. You do not want to come across as arrogant. Yeah. People just want you out of the room. You know, it, they may not challenge you, but it's not because they think you're smart. It's because mm. they don't like you yeah. <laughs> and they want to get rid of you. Um, so make sure that you are indeed communicating confidence, not arrogance. And you want that confidence not to be threatening mm. and domineering, right? You're not challenging people to a fight. Mm. You're trying to engage with them. So your confidence should be welcoming. Your yeah. confidence should be the kind of confidence that puts people at ease mm-hmm. rather than making them feel threatened and intimidated. Yeah. So, for example, some of the mistakes people make, um, they first of all, they want to talk first. They mm-hmm. want to be the first ones to, in, say, a negotiation or, or an interview or something, they want to be the first one to talk. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes you... You can, you can be much more effective by listening, yeah, you know, by hearing what the other person has to say. You're collecting information. You're making them feel heard. Mm-hmm. You're able to respond in a way that's informed. And you, you, you do come across conf- as confident. If you can set th- sort of set aside your own voice for a moment to listen, that really signals interest in the other people and, and a kind of confidence with yourself. Yeah. Um, one thing that people do is I think the sort of like aggressive handshakes and nobody really likes that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if, if your generation learns that ours did learn this sort of Dale Carnegie. Um, I don't know if you this sort of Dale Carnegie is this, uh, there's a very famous book called how to win, win friends and influence people by a guy named Dale Carnegie. Yeah. It's like okay. 80 years old, the book. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's very much about like the aggressive handshake yeah. and, I, I don't I disagree right mm. you're, you're meeting people on equal footing yeah. not again not trying to dominate them I think on the other side people are more likely when they're nervous in a sort of job interview situation to come across as not confident yeah. and they might be doing these contractive body language things like uh, touching their neck or their face, playing with their hair, or women might play with their earrings, yeah. not without thinking about it. Yeah. Or wrapping like an arm around their torso, or sometimes they'll hold their opposite arm with. So they'll t- maybe take their right hand and wrap it around their left arm. Yeah. It's it's a, it's something people do when they're feeling threatened. But those cues, and they slouch, mm. and it comes across as low confidence, and that makes people. It's funny, too much. That overconfidence or arrogance is uncomfortable to people. Yeah. And too little confidence is also uncomfortable. Yeah. Because people feel worried for you. And they can't really hear you because they're too worried for you. They're trying to accommodate you. And then it just sort of turns into this, this spiral where you're not really communicating. So, pay, yeah, pay attention to your body language. You want to come across as confident but open and engaged. You want to be there, right? You mm-hmm. want to show them not that you're, you're going to fight them and win Mm -hmm. but that you are going to be their peer and you know have a dialogue and learn from each other yeah and I think you are also have talked about like how we mirror our Mm -hmm. like when someone is like acting or well maybe is really confident and then the other person is doing exactly all these things to feel like really powerless and I I totally agree with that that when someone um Uh, is really doing like all these things to show that they're not really feeling confident that makes you want to also act as you're not that confident yeah yeah that's true it's well it's funny so with with body language and interactions 
usually people are mirroring each other. They're doing mm. the sa- they're reflecting each other's body language. So if you smile, I smile. Yeah. And you know, smiling is contagious. Yeah. Right. So that's what we're doing normally. But when we're in an interaction where there's a power differential that's clear. Yeah. Again, let's use job interview again yeah. because that's such a common experience that almost everyone goes through. Yeah. And there is a clear power differential. You're you're being interviewed mm. by someone who has power over this outcome, mm. has control over this outcome. Yeah. What people do when there's that power differential is the opposite of mirroring. They complement each other. Yeah. At, their their nonverbal behavior is complementary, meaning it, if if you act powerful, I act powerless. Mm-hmm. So what happens in that situation is that the job interviewer might be become a little bit more domineering in their body language, and the person being interviewed right. gets even smaller. And you know, so that power differential feels even bigger than it already is. So be mindful when you walk in Mm. to these situations that yes, you do have less formal power, but you still have agency and self-efficacy. You know, you still are who you are and you're going to walk out of that room and be the same person and resist the, that sort of urge that you might have to make yourself small. And again, you don't want to be alpha or overly mm. domineering. You just want to be comfortable. Yeah. But don't respond to, don't respond to somebody else's domineering body language by shrinking. Mm. And I think that's especially true for women. Yeah. Who, you know, on average are height disadvantaged compared to men. Mm. Right. So you, in most situations, the man is going to be taller than the woman. Yeah. And so you already have this advantage, and then you have all kinds of stereotypes and social norms that lead men to take up more space and women to take up less, and women f- start to feel like they need to make themselves even smaller. So in those interactions, I tell women, I, often women will say, I have this boss who's really domineering, and his body language is sort of aggressive, and it's too expansive. He's, you know, man-spreading. Mm, yeah. And, you know, what do I do? And I always say, don't try to out-alpha him, but mm. also don't back down. Stand your ground and... What's good about that is that eventually, I think people who are overly domineering, when you're, um, when you're just remaining neutral, they start to become less domineering. It's unconscious, but mm-hmm. somehow I think they realize they don't need to do that. And so it diffuses that sense of threat in the situation yeah. and, and things go better. So just stand your ground. Yeah. So um, what do you personally do when you get nervous? We already talked about mm. this uh, during these couple of days that we spent together, that you don't feel nervous when you're going on stage. Like, that doesn't really give you the yes. nerves. So what, like, maybe there are other situations that you do get nervous. So are there some things that you then do? What are yeah. your tips on that? Um, so it's funny for me. I don't feel nervous at all speaking in front of a group of people. Yeah. It's... And the bigger the group, the easier it feels to me. Has it always been that way? Or? No, I don't think so. I mean, I was, a, so I was a professional ballet dancer, and I do think there's a sort of performance aspect mm-hmm. that might feel comfortable. So a stage that that feels like a stage, right, yeah. that has that feels like a performance space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think probably all those years dancing made me a bit more comfortable. But no, I haven't always felt that way. But... I, what I although I have noticed and excuse me I have a cold. Oh, so to listeners, <laughs> so it's okay. I'm drinking tea. Drinking, drinking. Even a crackly voice, but I have all. What has always been true. 
I, sorry, what, I have become super comfortable with public speaking. Mm-hmm. That wasn't always true. But mm-hmm. what I have noticed is that I always felt more comfortable in front of bigger groups than smaller groups. Okay. And I think that, so although public speaking in general used to make me more anxious, yeah. bigger groups always felt more comfortable. And I think it's because with smaller groups or in, you know, uh, one-on-one situations, there's more intimacy. Yeah. Right? So I think I feel more vulnerable in those situations. And I, I have a couple of friends who do a lot of public speaking who I've talked to about this, and they feel the same way. That that this, They're very comfortable in front of thousands of people, but when it's like three people... When you can actually see the faces. Yeah. Well, it's not... I, face, like... I, I like to see the faces, but okay. when you're like in a room and there's a dialogue and you're with strangers... I don't know. That makes me feel more vulnerable. Yeah. And I think I also, though, feel responsible for everyone. Mm-hmm. So when it's a small group, especially, I feel like if someone's feeling left out, what can I do to pull them back in? So I, I, have, I take on sort of this burden yeah. of being responsible for everyone's happiness in those interactions. Yeah. And I, that, I know that seems like a strange thing. I think women do that kind of often yeah like they, caretakers exactly oh it's yeah. kind of caretaking is to to realize that there can be awkward moments and that's okay yeah and I'm not responsible for getting rid of all of the awkward moments um and that pauses are okay yeah it's okay to have silence when people are sort of collecting their thoughts or regrouping mm. and figuring out you know how they feel about something silence is okay pauses are actually powerful in some ways but I do have to I don't have to prepare before a big audience but before you know a small group meeting that's when I have to be breathing deeply make sure that I'm standing up Mm -hmm. and just I have a I cultivate this attitude of trust where even if you know I generally see the world as a place that's 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 friendly as opposed to hostile yeah so I think that people are generally my general view of the universe is that it's a friendly place. Yeah. And, and so that doesn't mean I always feel that way. Mm. It's my default worldview. When I'm feeling um, a bit of threat, I still try to go into that situation feeling trust toward that, that group of people because I find that if I have to default to one side or the other, defaulting to trust is much better than defaulting to... Um, hostility. Yeah. If you give trust, if you give that sense of trust, you create it and you get it right back. And so, you know, the first time I taught at Harvard, for example, everyone told me, oh my gosh, these students are like sharks and, you know, Harvard <laughs> Business School is so, you know, they're mean. And for, for, I did not find that to be true, but I didn't yeah. know. So on the first mm. day of teaching, I was kind of scared. Yeah. And I decided I would go in and look at these 95 faces and trust that all of these people were there because they wanted to learn mm. and and that I would give them everything I could and they would probably give that back to me and and that's what happened I'm not saying that every class was easy but I definitely feel like there was a real shared sense of trust yeah. um, partly because I chose to go into that situation I chose to see them as trustworthy yeah. and you can do that you can choose to see people as trustworthy nobody is just trustworthy or untrustworthy Mm-hmm. Right? Every, people are complicated. So mm-hmm. choose to see the good side of people. Choose yeah. to look for that in people. And that really, for me, diffuses stress. I feel much less anxious when I go into situations thinking, people aren't out to get me, yeah. you know, for the most part. 
Uh, some are. <laughs> I know who they are. But for the most part, they're not. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay, my last question is that what would be your number one tip for, especially because my podcast is for females mm -hmm. and like young females who struggle with their confidence. So what is like the one, like what do you feel is the most important thing for us to remember? I think it is, you know, and, and you know I've been talking about this newer research a bit, that on 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 gender and expansiveness and mm -hmm. and child development is to know that women and men differ on expansiveness so men are more expansive but that's because that's what we've learned to do yeah right it's not innate that's mm -hmm. not the way the world the universe is meant to be this is a stereotype that we learn from a very early age by the time we're five years old yeah. we see expansive um dolls that are gender neutral as male and contractive dolls that are gender neutral as female. Mm -hmm. So we are learning it from the images that we that we are shown and from the messages that we get that we're supposed to take up less space as girls, that we shouldn't speak as much, yeah. that people might see us as bossy or they might not like us. Mm -hmm. right? We've got to get over that. We have to take up more space, not just physically, but, but we have to not feel afraid to speak. Yeah. Um, we have to share our ideas. Be expansive in every way. Don't be afraid to be creative. Right? You deserve to take up that space, to take up as much space as anyone else. Yeah. And I think that, that we need to reclaim some of that space. That doesn't mean that I want you know, my son to take up less space, but I do, want, I do want girls and women to know that they deserve their fair share of space, which yeah. is the same as any man. Exactly. Uh, so... I guess that's what I would I would say is when you when you start to notice yourself not speaking or collapsing because you you don't want to offend someone or you're afraid you're being greedy yeah. probably you're not yeah most of the time you know female students in class will sort of cut off their comments halfway through or they'll mm. truncate their comment they think they're speaking really slowly and for a long time and they're not they're actually really rushing so yeah. when you feel like oh I'm talking too much Probably you're not talking too much. You know, so take up your fair share of space. Okay. Thank you so much for answering all you're this question, doing all this. And uh, so, yeah, where can people find you and find your book? And if they want to get learn more to, more I think about the best. This? So I uh, I am very active on Twitter. Mm -hmm. It's Amy J C Cuddy. So there are two C's. Amy J. And then my middle initial C for Castleberry and Cuddy, C-U-D-D-Y. That's yeah. my Twitter handle. I'm on Instagram, just Amy Cuddy. Um, on Facebook, I think it's Amy Cuddy Community. Mm -hmm. And on LinkedIn, <clears throat> LinkedIn mm -hmm. as an influencer. So I'm easy to find there as well. So I'm very active on social media. And I think that's the best place to find me. All right. Thank you so much Thank for doing you. this. <laughs> So I hope that you found this episode interesting and that you learned new things and now you start to maybe pay attention more on your own body language and how it actually affects you and your confidence. And I really hope that this was valuable for you and that you learned a lot. And if you did, please let me know. You can send me a message on Instagram. It's very amazing. Uh, I will put it in the show notes so you can find it there as well. And take a screenshot of your screen. I love seeing you guys listening to this. I love seeing who are listening. And just send me a message and let me know what you think. If there's something that you found really interesting and that opened your mind and kind of you now understand 
yourself better. And if there's someone who you think should hear this conversation, then please share it with that person or those people. I think that I think everyone should hear this and be reminded of these things. So please share it with everyone who you think that should hear it. And I hope you enjoyed it. And I just wish you the most amazing day. Bye bye.